Welcome to the Toffee Blues, your choice for all things Everton. I am Jerry. Joining me today, I we've, we've got a good one, folks. There's some uh, a face from the past, and we have a face that you've seen a lot of, but not here with us. So, we've got Paul, who has, has not been on the show for a while, but he's back. Paul, welcome back. Thank you, Jerry. Good to be here. All right. Uh, I think when, when John announced it on Twitter, you actually had someone say, yes, Paul is back. So, oh, just saying. Jake. Yeah. Jake. yeah. Jake's a big fan of mine. Very yeah, my only. Fan. Yeah, <laughs> and additionally, uh, we have somebody who actually has been doing a lot of awesome work for the Toffee Blues on on our YouTube channel, doing a ton of transfer videos, doing daily videos, puts in a ton of hard work for us, and we really appreciate it. But this is his first time coming on. Well, I, I had never met him, so this is kind of rad. We have James, everybody. James, welcome, man. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Nice to make my bow finally on this show. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. So, uh, so guys, uh, I have a, a goofy story to start this off. Uh, I have to say it because it happened yesterday in the car. Um, my kids have been getting into Everton songs lately, the ones they sing. Okay. And so I had the boys listen to She's Electric. All right, so they could sing the Richarlison song. All right, so <laughs> yesterday, yesterday, I played She's Electric from a whole family in the car, and everybody's sitting there singing. And when it finishes, my my oldest seven year old Bennett goes, "Dad, that's not the one with Richarlison in it." And I'm like, "I know, I know, it's not the one. Do you want to hear that one?" And I'm sitting here not remembering the words, so I I find one on on YouTube, and we start playing it now. Certain words are, are more like curse words in, in England and certain words in America, not as much and vice versa. So <laughs> my, my boys uh, had never heard that. And I'm sitting there listening and I'm enjoying it. And I'm sitting there, you know, yeah, 50 million. I'm singing with my family. And then we think he's effing brilliant comes on. And I forgot to, I normally have to like manually turn down the volume to like dub <laughs> You know what I mean? To like, to make sure my kids don't hear the bad stuff, you know? And, but I missed it. And I, Bennett looks at me and goes, oh, there's a bad word in this song? <laughs> and, 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 cause I've been having to change the words when we're singing around the house going, we think he's super brilliant. Like that. Is, so that's the way my kids have been singing it. And now my, my, my son knows the real way. And, uh, I may be in some trouble now. Uh, just saying, if my if my seven year old decides to go to elementary school and sing about Richarlison, yeah. Well, and that's the th- do what, Paul? I was just going to ask: Does Mrs. Gibson know that the the song contained a curse word in it before she, she forgot? She forgot too. <laughs> she totally what, forgot too. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, just would, on me. I was going to say. Would, would Mrs. Gibson let the kids be singing that if she knew what was really in the song? <laughs> or did you, did you, did you she was okay off? with me changing the word. She was cool with that because we had to do that with uh, Grand Old Team. You know what yeah. I mean? When oh, we sing yeah. Grand Old Team, we, what the heck do we care? You know what I mean? We have to sing that version because that's the, the version that we tend to hear more often. 
But, you know, and I've got my kids randomly just singing that. You know, you hear my four-year-old, what the heck? What the heck? And he says, what the heck, because of that song, you know? They have no idea the way it's supposed to go, the way they sing it, like, in other places, other parts of the world. Yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, that's sort of part of the uh, disconnect (laughs) in terms of being a supporter in America, but I know for a fact whenever we go to the games, I'm just going to, you know, I'm not that uptight about my kids hearing bad words, though. I'm not really. I'm normally just like, don't say it. Just don't go saying that at preschool. Don't go saying that at school, guys. You know, like uh, they have like a mixtape of pump up songs they listen to before games. And Eminem's that song from 8 Mile is on there. Like, Lose Yourself, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I got my kids listening to that. And as soon as it comes on, my four-year-old goes, Bad Woods in it. And I'm just like, yeah, but don't say them, man. (laughs) Mom's Spaghetti is not a bad word. Mom's Spaghetti. I love that. That's... Every single time, that's that's my. Uh, I think that's been its favorite part. Is talking about mom's spaghetti. Yeah, it's pretty solid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I saw it in the theater, and that's that's. I saw it in the theater with my sister. Talk about weird, uncomfortable, strange viewing experiences. Yeah, there was that one. I have no idea why that came about. <laughs> You're showing your age there, Jerry. <laughs> yes, I. Yep. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I hate when that happens. When I do it without thinking about it, I like to preface it and say I may be tipping my hand here on how old I am, but now I not even think about it. Damn it! All right, <laughs> all right. We should actually talk about everything. Everything things now. Um, there's there's international football happening right now. Just saying, it is. Some Everton players are playing. Um, I, yeah, you know, I know they weren't playing the Colombia Brazil game here in America. I couldn't watch it. Unless I wanted to, I was busy watching U.S. Mexico and USA curled up a, a nice little turd in, at midfield is what it looked like. It was terrible. So how did England play? Because I didn't get to see that. We were really good, I thought. We Jordan Pickford didn't really have to do much. He made one really good save, I thought, which the commentators tried to make sound very average, but it was actually quite a good save, I thought, and. Other than that, Jordan Pickford and Michael Keane didn't have to do much between them. We were by far the better team, so they didn't get to see much of the ball. Um, yeah, we totally deserved to win. So things are looking kind of good for England at the moment. Paul, what do you think? Yeah, I watched the game. Um, as James was saying, Pickford and Michael Keane, was, Michael Keane played the entire game on the halfway line with the rest of the back four because Bulgaria just... Had nothing to hit. Bulgaria had nothing that could trouble England. Bulgaria are a minnows team. No, no disrespect to them. The kind of the feeling after the game was here in England and in the English press was: yes, England look good, but England need to prove that they can play that well against a much better side. And nobody's going to get the hopes up until we kind of see that. Yeah. Michael Keane, I, I, again, he, he did what was asked of him. He didn't lose the ball. He didn't get caught out of position really. I don't think he'll have given. I don't think he's going to have made Southgate rethink who his first choice centre halves mm-hmm. are. I think Southgate's pretty set in his ways that Maguire's and probably Gomez is when he's fit are probably going to be the, the two first choice centre backs over Stones. Fit. I think. Yeah, Stones. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people like Stones, but Stones' career seems to have just really fallen away, hasn't it, the past yeah. year or so? I mean, he's not playing as much as he as he should be playing for City, so. I think Stones, if Stones wants to get back in the England reckoning, then I think Stones may be leaving City sometime soon. But Jordan Pickford, as 
James was just saying, you had to make one save, and the save he made was really, really good. And England went up the other end straight away and won a penalty. So it was more important than saving a goal. It sort of created a goal as well. So, nice. yep, yeah, nothing really to say. Job done. Seven out of ten for both of them. By so, default, really. So no more, uh, no more Hristo Storchkov playing for Bulgaria anymore? No, I was saying that to my dad, actually, that I'm so disappointed with how far Bulgaria have fallen as a team. They used to have the guy Balakov, who was the manager of the Bulgaria team on Saturday. He was in that team as well, and they, they had loads of really good players. And Didn't they make a World Cup semi-final? They did, yeah, in I USA mean, 94. Yeah. I remember that when we had a denim-looking jersey. Seriously. Oh, that one! Yeah, was it like it was like a washed, stone washed denim. It looked like in the huge white stars. I have friends that are huge U.S. national team fans, and they love that. And I was so embarrassed of that kit, man. So embarrassed. It was almost so tacky. It was like I don't know, camp. Retro. <laughs> That's probably a good way of putting it. Yeah. You also had, you also had the Scooby Doo style mascot as well, <laughs> like the little dog. <laughs> I'm going to go look at that when we finish. Yeah, me too. I, don't, I, I barely remember that. I'm, oh, yeah. I didn't remember that that was USA 90 or 94. 94. Because Italia was 90. That's right. So, oh, man. That's crazy. But, yeah, Bulgaria. They were pretty awful. Uh, see, I, I loved Storchkov back in the day because I was always number eight. And Storchkov was, like, the first number eight where I, that I got to watch a lot of. And I was like, okay, that guy. I want to be that guy. And then I realized, oh, he's like really strong and i will never be that <laughs> maybe that's not really my position but good to know you know but he was great i was like i was like that with pelo oh yeah yeah that guy's like, that guy's so sexy and i was like a beard <laughs> Do you know I, mean? I, I, I need to stop i'm never ever going to emulate that guy i need to just find someone else <laughs> oh the the amazing the amazing pirlo shots of him in new york wearing t-shirts are so good uh i need to I, my, me and my wife just sat there and looked at looked up random photos of Pirlo in New York and, and just were just like, oh, that is awesome. Like we did that for like 15 minutes one night. We had had some beers, you know. So, yeah, it's just funny. We're weird. All right. So let's move on. Guys, I could just talk to you all, all day. It's great. Uh, so let's talk. Let's talk. Uh, Everton for the people who are listening via podcast, which is all of you right now, because I don't do this for YouTube. Uh, here's what you got in store for you. So, international break means we're scraping the bottom of the barrel for the segments. So, we're going to be doing our best, really going into depth uh, on Michael Keane and trying to, you know, because honestly, I think there's a there's some pros and cons here, and we need to talk about the different matchups in terms of who he works well with, what types of other center backs he works well with. So, we'll go into that. And then we're going to go to a middle bit, Paul's middle bit. Wow, that sounds awful. There's got to be a better way to word that. So there's going to be – it's it's suggested no, by Paul. Nobody's holding the line with Suggested by Paul. Uh, we're going to talk about kind of an Everton dream scenario. I don't want to I don't want to spoil it, but it's something about, you know, dream match is what I'll say. Okay? Then we're going to talk uh, – have a remember, remember the name segment – uh, I'm going to talk about a player that I think is a little polarizing. Um, and I was personally conflicted about this player when I became an Everton supporter. Leon Osman. And Paul, we're just going to have to hold back because he's like a super fan. He just loves him some Leon Osman. 
You you missed his voice just then, but Paul is not the biggest Leon Osmond fan. I think you, just to be quick, I think he is probably the most polarised Everton player of the past 20 years. Certainly of the more he's here, I can't think of a player who split opinions more than Osmond did. Sweet. All right, there, 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 and there's a little uh, taste of what's going to happen when we uh, when we talk about Leon Osmond. Then we're going to finish with a quiz, starting 11 quiz. Uh, we're going to go back to a match from the past and see if these guys can name the starters uh, and the subs. Uh, not the subs who didn't play, but the ones who played. Uh, and that's all. I'm not going to tell you any more details. I'm not going to give these guys any more clues because they don't need it. Brilliant. All right, so moving on. Let's talk Michael Keane. <sighs> Starting center back Michael Keane. Um, his first year, I, I jumped on the bandwagon and was kind of like, you know what? Maybe he's not too uh, emotionally stable. You know, he seemed like he was very fragile mentally. Like it didn't take much for him to kind of break down in a game. And uh, I got swept up in it. I think we, we had some funny Christmas presents that we gave to, uh, to people. And I think I gave him a new mentality. What an asshole I am. But anyway, I... <laughs> It turns out a little bit of stability was really what he needed because he had that at Burnley. So some stability here, knowing his defined role, it's it's been good for him. It's been nice. All right. So uh, I've got a list of his strengths and weaknesses here, but it, nobody wants to hear me talk all day. I don't. I get it all the time. So why don't we start? We're going to start with James because it's his first time being here, Paul. I'm sorry, but we're starting with James. Look at that tear. I- <laughs> well, nice. All right, so, James, uh, you want to talk a little bit about what you feel like Michael Keane does well and not so well and kind of move on from there? I can tell you what he does well. I think he's strong. He's aggressive. He, he's, I think what I like about him, particularly not in his first season, but ever since, I think he's a very proactive defender. He attacks the ball. He comes forward. And I think that's why we move on to his weakness is his lack of pace. You need to have a fast player to play next to him because he'll always go and attack the ball. He'll dive in, which is it's great for a modern centre-back to step in and he also can carry the ball mm-hmm. into midfield. But when he gets exposed like that, you need a quick defender behind him and that's where his weakness can be exploited, which is his lack of pace above all else, I think. Yeah, for me, it's it's... I'm not even sure if it's like his pace over like 20 yards. For me, it's almost like his pace over five yards, that quickness. That's the thing that really gets me is when he gets somebody comes on him, you know, mano a mano. He's got they've got the ball and he's got to figure out a way to turn quickly. I just don't know if he's somebody who has that quick turn in his locker as much. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely is. Well, like he, I think the people used to say about a certain player. I can't remember who it was, but I heard the saying he turns like an aircraft carrier. Yes, that is exactly yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So, Paul, uh, I, I've got another – for me, it's also uh, – when you think back to the, the goal that Villa scored, okay, Keane let – oh, God, what was his name? The Brazilian player, like, literally run right in front of him, behind Mina, to get that ball. What was the name of that striker? I'm brain farting right now. Wesley. Wesley yes. Wesley. Murray. Yes. What is his name or his surname? Yeah, I, <laughs> both. Both. It's Wesley. Wesley. Wesley, Wesley, Wesley Square. 
Wesley, we went for a drink together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Keen sort of switched off, and he didn't follow the man, didn't track him at all, and pretty much gave him an open path to goal. And that was one of those things where I feel like every once in a while he still shuts down every once in a while. You know what I mean? Is that the kind of is that Paul? Is that your biggest concern with him, or is it more just straight up quickness that's that you feel like is an issue? No, I, I agree with that first point. He, he is a player whose mind can wander, type thing. I think. And when you look at the issues he had in his first season, I think kind of just seems like not so much anymore. I think he has got better. He just seems like a very anxious guy whose mind's always ticking over and always ticking over. And sometimes it's ticking over so fast he can't kind of channel his concentration correctly. It's It only happens really nowadays. I mean, he has improved leaps and bounds since then. But as you just pointed out, Jerry, obviously it, when it does happen, it tends to cost us big. So I think it's not a thing where oh he makes he made a mistake and but you know it was a quick pass to play the other another player got him out of trouble whenever Keane seems to have like a real brain fart mm. moment it seems to always result in a goal against us. Type thing, I which... might be a little bit of a cherry picker here, but the the goal the second goal we conceded against Lincoln is headed away. Do you, do you not think he could have dealt with that a little better? Mm. I, I I'm gonna be honest. I can't picture the the goal like in the head directly now. It was is it the, the the absolute the world volley, really volley nice volley, and volley. But, yeah, the volley. But he yeah. headed the ball that dropped right for him. I was thinking he could have maybe dealt with that in a yeah. different way. As, as I said, I think it maybe just goes back to maybe his mind working a bit too a bit too quickly. Yeah, like mm. times like he, he's lack of composure. He yeah, it's, it's it's lack of composure. He, he can't kind of just take a breath the ball's coming down to him he can't just focus right just get it away it's like oh no i've got to get it away i've got to get it away it's just it's just i think it's just angst a lot of the time well hopefully it's slowly being eradicated it is a lot better now than it was maybe 18 months ago but as i said that every now and then an incident seems to happen and that incident always results in a goal and i really really hope for his sake more than ours that that doesn't happen in a you know a derby or you know, a game where we're away from home and we're backs to the wall and that lack of concentration ends up costing us the points because I think a lot of people would hold that against them if that, if that never comes to pass. Yeah, concentration, I think, is a good is a good word for this. Um, it's the idea that... See, I, I feel like he's pretty composed when he's on the ball, when he's had time to receive the ball and then someone's coming at him and pressing him. He usually makes, for the most part, a solid decision, a good pass. You know, his passing, I think, yeah. is better than I expected when he came in. Um, I got the vibe when we brought him in that we were thinking, we want this guy to clear the ball out. We want him for intercepting crosses. We want him for his work in the air. That's what I was expecting, an aggressive header of the ball, someone who's got – and I think his his stats on that were really strong when he came in. So I, and Because it was very Steve Walsh money ball. Because I think uh, Ashley Williams at the time, his stats weren't bad either on that on that same front. And Kone, when we were thinking about bringing in Kone, same type of thing. You know, it was really interesting because it was it was the stats. But he's a much better passer than I expected. But it's when he's got like no time and he has to make a one touch, or it's someone else who has the ball and he has to track somebody. That's usually and and that's where I feel like it's more difficult to concentrate when you don't have the ball at your feet. You haven't been reminded, you know, and that's, so I think that's, that's a big thing. I, I, th- I remember Tim Howard had issues with concentration as well near the end of his career. He was great for 30 saves a game if he was having to face 30 saves a game, but if he had to make one save a game, it was not happening because he was not focused, you know? 
And it was it was really hard as a U.S. guy, by the way, watching that, <laughs> to be sitting there thinking, yeah. God, he needs to go out. Uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be a, a conversation. That's a different one. And that's a video. Same how think, it's legacy and it. And there's an interesting point to think you might have just nailed it there with Michael Keane. Is that why Michael Keane's improved on the Marco Silva because we have the ball more? The fact that he has more so. of the ball at his feet rather than more of the tracking back, heading away, the sort of things we say maybe he struggles oh, with. Interesting. Yeah, just going off what you said a moment ago, Jerry, I was under the, the complete opposite impression. I thought when he came in, he was going to come in to kind of be, be the ball-playing centre-half, like the guy who kind of bring the ball oh. out a bit more. Obviously, not, not to the level of like a Stones or anyone like that, but he would kind of be the guy who would take the ball and feed it to a Schneiderlin or to a Gay or someone like that, whereas the guy next to him, Ashley Williams or Phil Jones. Okay. But we'll lump yeah. it out the ground. They were going to be the big kind of, yeah, as you just used the pair with the, the, the big lumps next to him. They would win the headers. They would get the clearances. They would do the dirty tackles. Whereas Keane's a big guy himself and he can look after mm-hmm. himself, certainly, and he can go up and win a header. But he was kind of be the guy who the ball would be at his feet and he, he would kind of help bring it out from the back. Did he have that kind of reputation yeah. coming out of Burnley at that time? See, I'm trying to remember and. My brain is not. I see, so. that's the thing. I was just under the impression we're just talking about a solid defender. You know what I mean? Playing with Burnley. Because he was partnered with, who was it, me? <laughs> me. Yeah. And me, and yeah. It partnered with me, and then he was replaced by, was it Tarkovsky? So, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and me was one of those who seemed like more of a ball-playing center half to me at the time. You know? I just recall, I recall the... Final game Keane played against us for Burnley. I think Lukaku scored two of the goals. Turning. And Keane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, but there was that. But also, when we were losing the ball, it, we were a bit sloppy in the game, if I remember rightly, even though mm-hmm. we won. And Keane kept sweeping it up and stepping out into the midfield and playing wow. nice passes. See, I didn't even that remember game. that. Wow. Very cool. And I thought, he is all right. And I think he scored the goal against us as well from a corner. I'm not too sure, but... I, I trust your memory done. better than mine, brother. So I'm going to go with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so essentially we're talking about a player. And I, I always got the vibe that a big part of Keane's issues in the bad season, let's just call it that, the bad one. The bad season. Because that's the... The one I, I don't even like to speak its name. Uh, it's, it's very Voldemort. Uh, it's not... It, do what? Because we had literally... We had oh, Voldemort yeah. After, we had Voldemort as manager after a few bit of weight on, but it was still yeah. Voldemort. We're not giving him any airtime. Damn it. <laughs> no more airtime for that guy. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, it, I, I felt like you were talk, we're talking about a guy who was who didn't really seem like he knew what he was supposed to be doing. I felt like with Keane, you have to be very specific. You have to say, this is your role. And this is in this situation. This is, you know, and I feel like Silva is a micromanager when it comes to detail. Considering his partnership last year with Zuma was strong, worked really well. We're talking about a player with speed, really good aerial ability. And he kind of countered, he balanced out Keane really well. It's what it seemed like. Um, this year, Yeri Mina stepping in. I don't get the vibe that Mina has Zoom's quickness. Zuma's quickness. Um, I just don't think he he's as quick. Uh, so I'm wondering how we how we feel about this partnership 
because I was sitting there really worried we were not going to get Zuma. And then we didn't bring in any center back. Mina's looked great this season, but is it still the ideal partnership? Let's let Paul start with this one, and then we'll go to James. Um, to be honest, I think there's a, there's a lot more evidence saying that it is a good partnership than it's mm-hmm. a bad partnership. There's been a lot of, not just this season, last season as well, there's been a fair few really solid defensive performances with those two guys playing and not Zuma. Chelsea away, Anfield away, bar in the last five seconds. Um, what's the other one I was thinking of? I think Chelsea at home as well. Mm-hmm. Kept a clean sheet there. Was it Mina in the team? Um, Mina and Keane. I remember we talked about this, Jerry. I think it was the first time we ever spoke. It was during the, the summer of 2018 when we were mm-hmm. getting linked with Mina. And we were like, what would this guy bring? Who would he link up with? And we were saying, I think Keane and Mina could maybe really be mm-hmm. a perfect yin and yang. They could even each other out. You could have the... Every good partnership has has the difference. There's the straight guy and there's like the kind of quirky, quirky off the ball kind of guy. Keane's the straight man, the guy who does all the simple stuff. Yeah, you know, get the ball to his feet. He'll take care of it. Put it in the air, header. He'll win it more often than not. He can take care of himself. But his being is kind of, you know, kind of the more rash guy. He'll take risks type of thing. He'll make the last ditch dramatic goal line clearance type of thing. And Mina would maybe teach him a bit of those dark arts. And we talked about that, you know, kind of how to kind of exert himself more. Cause I, I, I don't, I'm only guessing, but I, I get the impression Keane's not a very loud guy. As in, like, he's not, like, often in somebody's face, pointing his finger, like, whereas Mina's the opposite of that. And I think that's kind of rubbing off. Pickford was like that mm. naturally anyway. But I think kind of that, some of that's rubbing off on Pickford. Some, some of it's rubbing off on Holgate a little bit. Some of it's rubbing off on John Joe Kenny when I saw it. Like, kind of these guys who, they're not just, if the, whistle, the referee blows the whistle, they're not just, oh, I've given a file away, or, oh, that's not my, that's not my corner. Mina will get up and be really animated type thing, and I think that's rubbing off on Keane. I've noticed Keane kind of, kind of exerts himself a bit more, so, whereas Zuma seems a bit more of a chill guy. So, there's positives and negatives for both partnerships, but I think the positives are really, really good for Mina and Keane. I, I, I don't think we've seen many negatives at all. So if people don't think they would work together, well, I don't mm. know what the base is. Uh, and, and Paul, to kind of back up your point there, I believe Keane has come out and said he's trying to be more vocal. He wants that. Yeah, I think he has actually said, I, I want to be that guy who's getting loud and instructing. Because he needs to be. He needs to not be afraid to tell people what to do. If you know what's going on, you know, that's the thing about Jags. Jags had no problem sitting there telling people where they're supposed to be on a direct kick, where they're supposed to line up, and our center backs need to be able to do that. You know, there's going to be time. Yeah, I mean, it'd be great if we could could actually get Keane on that same page as Mina. Um, James, what do you think about that? I mean, I know Paul kind of... He may, Paul may have some, summed a lot of it up right there. Any, yeah, I, went all wrap. I wrapped it up. <laughs> anything you want to... I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that. Oh, oh, the wrecking ball. I think... I think it's a good partnership. We're right. But it's not a great partnership. It's not the kind of partnership that perhaps maybe like a Jagielka and Distan or Jagielka and Lescott, like what we've had in the past. I don't think it's that sort of exact yin and yang, if you like. I think that, like you say, it's far from the worst partnership we've we've had at the back. I think they'll be they'll be absolutely fine. I think this year, but 
I still think we can go one better and maybe that is bringing Kurt Zuma back or equally I think it will be bringing a player in to play centre-back who has mm. got more pace. I think that's the issue. If you want to play a high line like Marco Silva wants to, you don't want to get exposed. I don't think we can see the goal Villa score against us if we have a faster defender in that back line. Mm. And also... Oh, sorry, go that's ahead. That's kind of the... No, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I was just putting the bow back on for Paul. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say uh, <laughs> that uh, honestly, that goal I felt like was more of Keane just just mentally shutting down and being and, and because the ball was on the other side of the field, he literally watched Wesley run in front of him, cut in front of him, and he could have cut that off. He could have. He legit could have. And Mina didn't know about it until it was way too late. Like, way too late. So, I do think, and, I, and I'm going to agree with you on the fact that I do think we, we at some point, we are going to need a, a center back with, with more pace. Period. I just think we will at some point. I'm also still not completely sold on Mina's durability. That's the one thing we do have in Keane. Keane is durable. All right? He can last a whole season. We know that. In the Premier League, he can do it. Can Mina do that? We don't know yet. We don't know yet. He had a couple of injuries, didn't he, last yeah. season, Yeri Mina? I mean, I think that's the reason in the first place we ended up with Kurt Zuma in the starting eleven to yep. have that partnership. But Zuma came in as as backup, really. But Mina was just that injury prone. That Zuma basically played mm-hmm. the bulk of the season and was so formed so well that it made and also very consistent and, turn, and, and durable as well. So. That's the thing that I want to see more of. But uh, I'm going to stop talking as much about needing a center back with pace if we start going back to getting clean sheets. You know what I mean? If we're starting to get more clean sheets and these guys are performing well, I will shut my mouth. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, to be frank, at the beginning, they looked good. They looked good. There weren't a ton of mistakes, and it didn't look like we were really... I mean, Mina was recovering well. On, if he got cut in behind, Mina was recovering well and catching people, you know, making some, like, game-saving tackles. So, uh, yeah, but we haven't really played the big teams yet. So I want to see what happens. That's going to be the, the big test. Yeah, curious. Ugh. <sighs> Do you reckon we'll go? Do you reckon we'll go back for Kurt Zuma? Oh yeah, one million Definitely. percent. Now that now that Zuma's having those Zuma's in on it. Having, that we don't really need. Look at so, him. Yeah, everyone's saying agent Zuma. Yeah, but you know Zuma's having a hard time there oh. off the pitch as well because of other incidents. I think I think Zuma will. I, I really do think Zuma, if he's got any sense, which I think he has, will just be talking to his agent or his agent will talk to him and they say, look, Everton's still interested. Do you want to go back and? I think he would want to walk here. As soon as Chelsea's, yeah, as soon as Chelsea's transfer ban is over, I think we'll go. We'll, we'll probably get Zuma. I, I agree. I think Re-Zuma. Chelsea will be willing to let Zuma go. I think, I think they were willing to give him another chance to start of this season. Uh, Lampard said that he was, you know, he'd impressed him during the pre-season training, and he was willing to give him a clean slate at Chelsea. But I think just too much has gone wrong too quickly, and I think a lot of Chelsea fans, unfairly, have just kind of written Zuma off already. And we know what it's like for Chelsea. Once the fans are at you off, there's, there's, yeah, no, there's no coming back, is there? Oh, sorry. I don't want to be the, I don't want to be the big I am, but I saw that coming with Chelsea fans. Uh, yes. 
Yeah, I, them selling David Luis really screwed us over with Zuma. That was uh, apparently that was the yep. move, which uh, I hate that guy. Yeah, I hate that. I hate the back guy in general, but I really hate him now. And he basically just he destroyed. Maybe there wasn't much chance for it anyway, but he destroyed any sniff that we had of getting Zuma in or something. Yeah, was that Luis. Yeah. What's, uh, I want to know what you've got against David Luiz now. He, I was going to say, like he keeps trying to kill Bart. Let's leave Bart alone, man. <laughs> yeah, that was, the, that was the easy joke, Paul. We both went there. <laughs> All right. So we should cut this off because uh, we had to move on. Um, but yeah, I, I reckon that's it on our, on our Michael Keane segment. Um, for the most part, been pretty consistent. So let's, let's hope the partnership holds. And, uh, yeah, not as, not as many uh, concentration lapses. Welcome back, everybody. It's the middle bit. It's the part that you don't want to avoid. Everybody likes a good middle bit. Look how I just went all sexual. You're welcome. All right, so Paul suggested a, a nice prompt. It's good. Paul would make a great, like, early school English teacher suggesting prompts. Here's a good one, all right? If you could watch Everton play against any team in any stadium, and I'm talking, I'm, I'm assuming we're talking about present day. We're not going back in the past to, like, play in the Roman Coliseum or anything. No, not high. Not high for me or anything like that or up to the past, no. <laughs> so, uh, you can, if you could watch Everton play against any team in any stadium, which would it be, all right? So, because I worry my answer is not going to be as good as, it, as anyone else's, I'm going to start, all right? Um, I, I'm not going to say Goodison Park because that's my normal answer. I should say that because I've never been there. And I would normally want to go see, uh, frankly, I would want to see a, a derby at, at Goodison. That's what I would want to see, all right? But I also feel like that's not a typical Evertonian response because most Evertonians have been to Goodison. So the stadium I would really, really, really want to go to may not be all that beautiful aesthetically as much, but I want to see Everton play against Borussia Dortmund in their stadium because I want to hear that crowd. I really badly... Because, yeah, I don't know. It, it always seems like that yellow wall just is tingly. Like, I just put shivers up my spine. So, that's my answer. It's not going not to be as sexy as theirs. I know it. So, who wants to leave? No, Paul's going to go last because this was his topic. And he's probably been brewing this answer for 14 years now. So, James, what do you got? This is a very, very bizarre one. Not what anybody would see coming. But... At a very small time, one perhaps you're expecting me to say we want to play Real Madrid in the Bernabeu, Barca in the Nou Camp, but I'd like to play at, at Tromso's ground in the Alfheim Stadium in Norway. It's the only stadium in the world in the Arctic Circle. A good one. It's Holy a bizarre one. What in the world, James? I didn't expect to need an atlas to decipher your answer, my friend. Jesus. Well, That's awesome. No. That's really impressive, by the way. I mean, I was expecting one of you to give me one of those, like, here's here's a stadium that's, like, embedded into the side of a mountain. We're going to do that. So, yeah, at that you did supply a similar type answer, James. That's amazing. Or here's one, like, floating in water. 
you know, which it, you see. Strictly speaking, Tromsø's a sort of island in the north of Norway, so it's a sort of floating in the water uh, stadium. So. I'm going to look this up as soon as we get over here. That's cool. Who would we be playing, by the way? Uh, we would play Tromsø. Why not? Mm. The, the, my favorite Norwegian team. I have a favorite team from every country, by the way, which is really sad, I suppose, but... I think that's that's impressive, and I feel the need to do that, but I haven't... I'm kind, yeah. I'm kind of dedicated to my football, I'm not going to lie. Who's your favorite MLS team, by the way, if you, count, if you count that? Ooh, my favorite MLS team, Orlando. Orlando? Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, that kid that plays uh, like center forward for them, center mid right now... Uh, Kyle Larin. Or Kyle Larin. No, 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 no. He doesn't play for them anymore. Yeah, he left. He plays for Besiktas now. It's a kid. It's a kid. I'm trying to remember his name. He's like a young kid, young American, and he's awesome. He's great. Look that kid up. He's a beast. He was in, like, the skills challenge at the MLS All-Star game. He's incredible. Yeah, him and Nani were doing that stuff. So, anyway, now that we've had that tangential moment, we've built it up enough. Paul, what's your answer? It's a fairly straightforward one. Uh, Real Madrid in the Bernabeu. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I really like about the Bernabeu when you see it on TV, I've, I've never been there. It's on my to-do list definitely. Is I love how kind of the fans always hold up the white card type thing, and then the, the ground's just a sea of white. Apparently, when you're actually, it, it, you don't really get the effect so much on TV because of the cameras. But when you're actually in the stadium, apparently it's like blinding white, like really, really like it really kind of like, whoa, wow, like you, your eyes go wide type thing when you see all the white. And just imagining a little pocket of Evertonians in the corner where they stick you would be really great. But Real Madrid are basically football royalty, aren't they? They're the world's biggest club, mm. world's most famous players. If you're playing Real Madrid in any sort of competitive fixture, then you know you're at the big table, mm-hmm. basically, aren't you? And that's where I aspire Everton to be one day. I want Everton to be in there fighting with the super heavyweights. I'd love to just go to one of these... European royalty football stadiums and play a team on their own turf and then mm-hmm. play them vice versa. I could bring them back to well, probably Bramley Moor at our new stadium. So I'd really love to go see Everton play Real Madrid and go toe-to-toe with them and we can dream, can't we? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to lie. I remember when we played in the International Champions Cup a few years ago. Yeah, I remember it. We were yeah. playing Real Madrid and my head just fell off because, oh my God, they're playing against Real Madrid, for God's sake. It's, yeah. It's just like... You'd never see it coming, and God knows how long it'll be till we do it again, so, you know, you've got to enjoy it. Yeah. It, it, it's sad, though, because a lot of these old, kind of, like, beautiful, historic grounds, a lot of them are kind of slowly fading away. They're either getting, you know, redeveloped, and the, the design's different, or they're just going completely. It, it's really broke my heart that I've read that San Siro's going to be going soon. They're going to mm. knock it down and rebuild it, aren't they? So, in a few years... Bad, yeah, I'm sure whatever they build to replace it will be absolutely yeah. stunning. But you know, the San Siro was a San Siro. Think of the history there. The stadium's been there basically in its current form now for since 60, 70 years, maybe longer. Same thing. Barcelona as well. The new camp. The Bernabeu is going to be. There's been talk on and off for years that they're going to kind of redevelop the Bernabeu and change it around completely. I, I, I hope not. Mm-hmm. I want to go there before that happens, but. There's so many of these grounds. Juventus's old ground's gone now. They've got the new. They've got the new one, haven't they? The the old yeah. lady there. The seven, it was. I think it was seventy thousand, and they've moved to like a forty-one thousand something yeah. stadium. They had, they had an old old ground that was smaller as well, but then they went to that Delayal 
Dele, not Dele Alli, Dele Alpi. Yeah. Um, that was the Italian 90 ground, and it was so big, the atmosphere was rubbish, so they got rid of it. Yeah. That's the nice to see that somebody you... does that, though, and takes atmosphere into, you know, the equation, you know, because that would mean West Ham wouldn't play where they play anymore, right? In the void. <laughs> that, I'll tell you, we'll, we'll flip it around. That is one stadium I would never go to. The only way I'd go there it would be if there was some kind of cup final there. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's in London. It takes a long time to get to. It's a nightmare coming home. It sounds like an absolutely awful atmosphere. Even if Everton go there and won the game, I can't imagine it's a very good day out at all. West Ham, the Olympic ground. Hey, they, they, have popcorn, they have popcorn at the ground, though. So do Liverpool. I had to, do they? I spent, oh, my yeah. God. I know for a fact that not, I haven't been there. That's not how I know. But I, my, job, <laughs> yeah, my, my job involves kind of like merchandise and things like that. And right now, some products that are getting made are little popcorn things with Jürgen Klopp's face on it. And they're like the popcorn that you kind of... You know the popcorn that they sell at like fairgrounds it's red and it's white and yeah. like it's, it looks like it should have like, oh, like a bottomless oh, no. bag that Jürgen Klopp's face on it with glasses so it's just the way some clubs are they're not I'm, a, I'm more of a sausage roll type of band but I'm, I'm, I'm an old schooler myself I'm yeah. I like a I like a steak pie better still a scouse pie oh. uh, you can't get hot dogs Jerry at Goodison if you ever come there you can't See, get I would I would be I would be getting a pie of some kind I, I uh, the only like like football matches we go to here are like university and there's a really good university team here in Winston, but it's it's really like hot dogs and stuff. I'm just dying to eat a pie at a game. That uh, that again sounds gross, but you're welcome, universe. But I'm just I really badly want one of those. Yeah, because I've been hearing about it forever, and I'm like I just want to have a whole meal in a in a pie. You know what I mean? You said steak. You said sausage roll. This stuff sounds awesome. You know? <laughs> it's old school British football fan stuff, this. That's what I'm saying. I feel like that would be like the way you're supposed to do it. You know? I'm, I'm done with the, the hot dogs at games. You can't put the enough fixings on them. It's just like a bare hot dog with nothing on it. It's not interesting. No. Had enough. <laughs> so anyway. Oh, by the way, I just realized when I mentioned Dortmund's ground... That uh, the idea of them singing <laughs> that song before their game, uh, it hit me afterward. I'm like, well, we'd get proper proper riled up for that one if we were watching that. Yeah. It, it would be extra extra fodder to get us pissed off. So, yeah, there's that. But it hit me afterward. I was like, shit. Anyway. Well, to be fair, out of interest, but if I wasn't going to say the wacky Tromso stadium, my alternative would have been the Veltons for Schalke, so oh yeah, because we've had a little bit of a rivalry going on there. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be a good. That's another you, good stadium. It is really yeah. nice. And Schalke are my favourite team. I've been waxing lyrical about them now because John Joe Kenny scored a goal for them. Weston McKinney, man, Weston McKinney as yeah, well. He's pretty. He's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm. I've, John Joe playing for them. He looks good right now for them. He looks good. He does. Yeah, and they're they're, they're actually my favourite Bundesliga team anyway. So. Yeah, we're going to have to have the Bundesliga conversation a, a different time because I'm still trying to pick mine. I haven't picked one yet. Long conversation. I don't know why. Maybe it's because we just we played them in the Europa League and I just really like like the image of the club with the green. Mine's Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg. They have some... One of their jer- one of their shirts this year has these crazy like lit-up X, like almost like neon light X. 
It's crazy. They love that. They've done that a couple of years on the go now. They love it. It looks good. Looks really good. It's nuts. Anyway, we should move on. Gosh, this is just, this is turning into let's keep talking for an hour. Tangent, tangent, tangent. It's like a spider web. All right, let's move on. Move on to talk about Leon Osman. We're doing a remember the name segment. Uh, gonna be talking about a. We always do a former player. Talk about this. Sometimes people like to wax lyrical about the player. Sometimes people use it as an opportunity to just light into them, share some memories, uh, good or bad. Um, so, the player we have chosen uh, is currently 38 years old. So he's not a player for Everton anymore. Uh, but he's still kind of uh, isn't he a club ambassador? in some form, guys? Doesn't he still sort of do some work with the club in some fashion or not? Or am I imagining that shit? Yeah, they, they send him over to, like, Africa or something, don't they, for a week? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. Do you, like, do you like when there's a sports page or event on? Like, just, oh, yeah, just send Leon. Leon will have... Like, Leon fancies a few days away. Yeah. <laughs> I like getting a sun so, yeah. <laughs> so, so Paul has, has already said the dude's name. I always like to like give the stats and then say the name. And Paul's just like, screw your system, Jerry. That's what I say. You know, so Leon Osmond, 433 appearances for the guy, though, though for our club, which is 57 goals. Uh, he was with Everton from uh, year 2000 to year 2000. Y2K, everybody. Uh, he was the year 2000 through the year 2016. Uh, for a short bit, he was on loan at Carlisle in 2002 and 2003. And then after that, on loan at Derby for uh, 2004. Uh, but for the most part, he was almost always uh, at Everton. Um, two international appearances for the guy, which, uh, and five foot eight midfielder, uh, which I found was really interesting. Uh, so I just got done watching, <laughs> this has a point, I swear. I just got done watching a documentary on Netflix about Antoine Griezmann where it was talking about how in France he could not he, he had tried out for like every team. Every team and every single one of them told him he's too small. Alright? Whenever I think about players that are too small, I feel like Leon Osman, at the tail end of his career, I watched him play and I thought, wow, he looks really he looks like he can't protect the ball very well. And it was very frustrating. Five foot eight. He's a little dude. But he's really skilled. Okay, and that's why I wish I'd have seen him more early on in his career, because it seemed like late in his career, he would get the ball and try to like hold off defenders and they would just literally slap through him and get it. And he was like just giving them the ball over and over again. Uh, It was a little frustrating, but we're talking about a player who was much better than the tail end of his career. Um, uh, He featured in every league match. At the, near the end, though, in 2013-2014 for El Bob Martinez, he, he, every league match. I didn't realize he played in every single one, but he did. All right? And that was at the end. So let's talk about this guy uh, who seems like – because English football, I think you have to be stout. You have to be physically strong or very smart. And that's where I think Leon Osmond was a smart player from what I gather. So – I'm going to start with James because he's, it's his turn, and I think he's going to be a little more gentle than Paul. Well, so, yeah. <laughs> when you say gentle, is, I'm, I'm actually going to be very, very positive about Leon Osmond. Oh, I, good. I was so a, not, I was not a, even gentle. Just, yeah. 
I was I was actually a very big fan of Osman. I thought he was, like you say, a very intelligent player. I thought mm-hmm. he got better. Like the best part of his career was, of course, the sort of middle spell when he had the likes of Mikel Arteta, Stephen Pienaar playing with him, and he could play one touch football. I think when he his first touch was great, his, his one touch passing was really good, but. If he if he held onto the ball like you say for any long and he was getting knocked off the ball, yeah. I think if if he used his, his intelligence was really good. I thought if he worked alongside the likes of Stephen Pienaar, I thought they interchanged really well, particularly with Leighton Baines on that left hand side. And that was later on in his career. I thought that was actually the best spell of his career. That sort of twenty twelve to fourteen spell. That's when he got in the England side as well. Mm. But of course, his big weakness was his physicality. He was getting knocked off the ball far too easily. And I think once any element of that sort of goes as you age as well, I think he was starting to struggle and we saw less and less of him in the last two years of his career with us. But I do think he was a he was a really, really good player. I don't think like you say, I think he's a very polarizing figure, but for me he was a good asset to our team, particularly at a time when we didn't have a lot of money and couldn't really upgrade. I thought we got more out of him than maybe we thought we could. Hmm. I want to say one, another positive thing about Leon before we unleash Paul. Uh, <laughs> uh, he seems like, like really genuinely funny. He seems like the kind of person who would be good to have in the locker room. Someone who's just good energy, always joking around. He does seem like that. Uh, so, uh, am, am I reading this well, wrong? <laughs> hey, do, you want me, do, you want, do you want me to go even further and take my big enough of Leon Osman off the scale? I genuinely think in the 04-05 season when we, we finished 17th the year before, Rooney left, and then we got into the Champions League the year after. I thought that 04-05 season, he was brilliant for us, and I thought in what was a very small squad, I thought he was the glue that held that dressing room together and helped us sort of rejuvenate the team and shock everybody by qualifying for the top four. Nice. I thought he was crucial in that. All right, so we've built so we've built up this sandcastle of of Leon, this sand sculpture of Leon Osman, and here comes Paul, the the kid on the beach, who's just gonna knock it down. So Paul, God, <laughs> God. give us give us your Leon Osman sp- spiel. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't like that. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't, really, I, I don't hate Osman. I don't even seriously dislike Osman. Osman was a player for me through I am um, you know I, I watched him f- throughout his career basically I, I've been at the Gladys Street since 2003 he was one of those players that just frustrated the life out of me more than any other player because he would I think if there was ever a micro a, I can't microcosm is that the word like a microcosm yeah microcosm microcosm of David Moyes Everton it was Leon Osman as a player he was there for the entire stretch he was a a player who would, you know, would do well, and you know, you'd think, oh, come on, maybe we can make that final step up, and then just at the final hurdle, it would just something would always go wrong, type mm. thing. Yeah, um, with with Leon Osman, it's weird trying to articulate. He was a good player, but he was one of those players who I was desperate for us to just move on from, type thing. It's like I don't want this to kind of just be our level, where Osman's got his uses, but I want us to be at a point where we don't need Leon Osman. That was my big frustration, and it's not fair. I, I took it out on him personally when it's not really, it, when, you know, it's not even personal. He did, but 
it was one of those players where when he'd have a bad game, I would really, really hold it against him more than someone else because it was just my frustration with the club and with David Moyes and the way the team was set up more than anything. He, he would be the player who, for some reason, not just myself, I think a lot of other opponents would agree, he would kind of bear the brunt of that because he was kind of seen as a David Moyes favourite, the player who would just get picked even when he wasn't playing well and the player who Moyes kind of relied on a bit too much and put too much pressure on. I think a lot of people as well, it's got to be mentioned, haven't really kind of forgiven him for the 2009 FA Cup final where he was just... He was atrocious beyond in that terrible. game. Yeah, mm. biggest game of his career, biggest claim in the Cubs history for 20 years, homegrown player, Evertonian through and through. And of all the of all the players to just not turn up that day and to just really let the club down, him and Tony Hibbert, two local guys. So I think there's an element of that. I think mm. a lot of fans kind of still hold that against him to that day. It, because he was just really, really poor. But the thing about Osman is, I don't think he would. I think now a player like him wouldn't even get in most Premier League sides because I think the game has moved on as we were talking about, as it became more physical. I don't know if this is true, but I've, I have read it and I've heard it. Apparently, Osman had a problem with it. The reason he was kind of so weak, type of thing, was apparently he's got an issue with his legs. Maybe like one leg is kind of like maybe longer than the other or stronger than the other, maybe uh, something like that. So that's why he was kind of never quite looked like he had perfect balance type thing when he was on the ball. So it was very easy for him to get kind of knocked to the side, I mm-hmm. think. That's what I've read about that's him. So it's, it, yeah, yeah, I don't know if that's an absolute fact, but I, I have heard that off more than once and I think I've read it in a few articles that, you know, he is... There was a reason why he was kind of so weak. So even if he'd have built himself up really strong, because Sterling's not a big guy, but I'm Sterling, and he doesn't get knocked off the ball anyway. Yeah, to. but he's got some big, so- he's got some enormous legs, though. If you look at Sterling, he yeah, made, that's I mean, what, that's what I mean. Yeah, 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 you're right. He's able to kind of build himself up, whereas Osmond kind of didn't really have that option. There was only so much Osmond could do. Was it a muscle, a muscle, a muscle issue? Do you think was Maybe. it with Osmond, like yeah, gaining uh, muscle? Yeah. Yeah, just he, he, he kind of just looked. It's not a nice way. He kind of looked twerpish, didn't he? Even when he was like in his late twenties, he just never looked like he was very light. He was look, very lightweight. Yeah, he didn't fill out type of thing. Even as he got older, he never really filled out at all. So I think that that would against him. But yeah, I think a lot of my issue with Osman over the years was always kind of it was kind of just my frustration with David Moyes and the club kind of boiling over. I thought I take it out on Osman more than anybody because for me, Leon Osman represented David Moyes' Everton more than any other player. Good, but not not not, not good enough. enough. For what I, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, not yeah. good enough for what I wanted, for what I expect from the club. Yeah, he, he does okay, but he's not. You know, he's not a, a top I think player. The, I think player. he's the type of player, Leon Osman. If nowadays when we had the money, if we had him sitting on the bench and coming on, we'd love him. Maybe, but yeah, but not. He's not a start eleven player. I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. He was, as again, he, I think he was just a victim of circumstances more than anything. He was the club had to over rely on him, and I think, as I said, it just a lot of for a lot of fans that kind of just grated after a while because a lot of fans just had to come to the realization that it's never going to get any better than this the way things are until a new owner comes in, Leon Osman, and you know fifth and sixth place finishes, which we'd snatch your hands off for them now, but back then fifth and six. Fans wanted more. Fans wanted top four. Fans wanted cup finals, and it just wasn't really going to happen. It should have happened. We had to play up. We had, we did have players capable of making that step up, but just the breaks didn't go for us, did they? So I think Osman. I'll say fans. I think Osman's just a player who a lot of fans took the frustration out on. Maybe sometimes rightly, sometimes wrongly. But I think 
a lot of the hatred Osman gets or just, you know, bad remarks people make about him, it's just a frustration with that period of, history, of Everton's history more than it is any personal towards him. Do you think that, I got a couple more questions, do you think that uh, we tend to do that with local players, the idea where we kind of put them up on a little bit of a pedestal because they're local, we're like, yeah, we want them to do well. You know, because they're local. They come from where we come from. And then when it doesn't pan out, it's almost like that disappointment is amplified by the fact that we had such high hopes for them being from where we're from. You know what I mean? So I say we, it's really from where you're from, but I'm comparing that to other scenarios from where I'm from, you know, other sports scenarios. Uh, I feel like a lot of times, a lot of the local kids that come through really catch a, a ton of flack from supporters like I I immediately jumped to to Tom Davies uh you know mm-hmm. but so do you do we do we feel like we're always fair to these folks or do we feel like we're just calling it the way we not see at it all. you know what I mean not at all yeah as far as I'm concerned and Everton fans aren't gonna like to hear this I think we all want a Steven Gerrard of our own mm-hmm. and that's what it is I think that's what it boils down to or well, we want to, another Wayne Rooney mm-hmm. who stays if you like, ah, yeah, we want we want someone to reach those heights again, but obviously stick around. And when Ross Barkley doesn't live up to the level of Wayne Rooney, we turn. Yeah, when Tom Davis doesn't live up to the level of Wayne Rooney or whoever Stephen Gerrard, for instance, we turn. Or in our case, turn. I was I was thinking that same. Thing. <laughs> when you said that, I was like, "Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it." <laughs> it's weird that I get that, but I do. <laughs> everyone gets. Well, everyone well my gets. silly American ass shouldn't get that because I'm never in a stadium. You know what I mean? But, no, but I, re- I think Goodison Park's fantastic for that. You're, you could be watching it on the TV, and you Goodison's the best on the TV for you. Hit over here and find the mics. Saying those sideline mics are so great. It's my favorite to watch yeah. Goodison on those. What was it your rubbish Martin Atkinson you couldn't referee a game of tiddlywinks yep, I remember that, that one that was a personal, fa- personal favourite of mine effing disappear Arlo White whenever he's doing uh, that kind of the Goodison games will actually say we apologise for those into a, in our audience uh, who might have heard some fruity language <laughs> fruity language <laughs> and I'm like that's not the way they'd say it but alright <laughs> Because if if there's fruity language at, at Everton, Goodison Park's a fruit bowl. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so um, so anyway, back to what we were talking about before, <laughs> before we started talking about Dan. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so that's that's the idea. The whole like treating treating the local guys the same. And I think you you make an interesting observation about how we want we want that next great player to 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 come and and live up to expectations and stay. You know. Um. So, Paul, did you have anything on that before I move on to this one last question? No, I, I agree with him completely. Everton fans want a local boy to kind of lift the club up and lead us to glory. We, he, he said it perfectly. We want a Steven Gerrard. We want a we want a, a Michael Owen type thing. We want a Jamie Carragher. We want. They've had so many of them, and we haven't had any. We only had Rooney, and he left before we saw the best of him. Fans want that. They they. So badly, want, we so badly want to love somebody. That when, hero. Yeah, so bad. We so badly want to love somebody that when you're not the person we want to love, we'll just we just hate you. I think. 
that's what uh, the reason they get so much flight is because fans want to believe in them so badly. It kind of feels like it's not fair on the players at all, but this kind of mindset a lot of fans have, it's like you kind of let us down. We, we had all these hopes for you and you can't live up to them. Well, a lot of these hopes kind of weren't realistic and weren't fair in the first place. So hopefully one day that player does come along. Hopefully he's not in the too, he's, he, it's not in the too distant future and I mean, fans can, can chill out a little bit. Interestingly, from Paul, obviously you're very opinionated on Leon Osman. For me, Tom Davis is set to be the new Leon Osman in that context. I've, maybe, but I, I, I don't. I, I think Tom Davis could be gone sooner rather than later. I don't. I reckon maybe I'm wrong, but he's he's not anywhere near the team at the moment, is he? So true. Yeah, it wouldn't shock. It wouldn't shock me. If, maybe it would only be a short term thing, but it wouldn't shock me if Tom Davis isn't with Everton next season or the, maybe the season after. I just want him to still hang around the club because I like the random pictures of him in the streets like skateboarding and stuff yeah he's <laughs> he pretty I want Tom Davis for the same reason as that I wanted Tom Davis to stay at the same reason I wanted Leon Osmond to stay because of what he does for the dressing room mm. more than what he does on the pitch that's a good point it is uh, so last question on Leon Osmond uh, I mentioned the whole Griezmann thing early on because he ended up somebody recommended him for a tryout in Spain where being the biggest and fastest didn't matter it was more about technical ability and I was wondering if we feel like we would have seen I guess more out of Osman had he gone to a league where what he did better maybe would have been allowed to shine more rather than getting knocked off the ball as much in England. So it's something I was thinking about. I was like, I wonder how he would have done if he went to a league where that wasn't as physical. You know, something where his finesse and his vision would maybe be a little bit more appreciated. So I throw that out there just because I, I'm weird and I like hypotheticals. It's interesting, really. I think if he'd have gone to the likes of Spain or Portugal, mm-hmm. he would have done okay. I think... Particularly Portugal, you'd have probably seen him flourish because I think he's about at the level of maybe a Porto or a Benfica, perhaps. certainly not at the level of a Real Madrid or a Barcelona right. where he would go and win titles. But as he maybe become more of a hero if he was went to somewhere that wins trophies, but is perhaps more at Everton's mm. level. Yeah, or a, a, you know somewhere in Holland, like a PSV. Uh, or yeah, somewhere like a, yeah, like one, I think if he'd have gone to another league. If it had been in like in a smaller country, I think a league that's kind of not more off the radar, a Portugal, a Holland, maybe, maybe a Belgium. I can see like a you know, like with these, you know, they've got they've got that number one team that everyone knows, like an Anderlecht mm-hmm. or a Olympiacos or a, a PSV. Like it seems that are kind of respected on the continent, but you know they're, they're not going to be challenging for European cups mm-hmm. or or signing any world class players. Where is if they have gone somewhere like in Italy or a France or a maybe top level Spain, I think kind of there would have, wouldn't have made too much of a difference because he'd have just be, he'd have had to contend with the likes of playing at Real Madrid or a PS, PSG or mm-hmm. something like that, wouldn't he? So yeah, I think Osman kind of had a niche and and his niche maybe for most of his career wasn't at Everton. Well, you know, he's a local guy, he stayed, he gave it his best, and I do respect him for that. Yeah, uh, I think it's interesting. There are these players for for Everton that they just want to sort of, for the most part, just play as long as they, as they can and stay there. I find that very interesting. You know what I mean? That they have the opportunity to maybe go off and play 
again, play somewhere else. But they choose to just sort of retire after Everton. You know what I mean? I'm curious as to what Leighton Baines is going to do. Because he seems like somebody who's Ooh. very happy in the area. That's what it seems like anyway. He got, got linked with the Galaxy. A few times. Or, a couple of times, yeah. Uh, so it's hard to say. Uh, it's, I, I, I imagine he probably got offered a better deal with the Galaxy than he did to stay at Everton. But he must just, by all pretenses, he's a home bird. I'm he? just under the impression no. that MLS does not pay much. You know what I mean? Like, it, well, yeah, but there's, you know, there's, there's living in there's living in L.A. Are you are you, are you insinuating that living in L.A. is better than living in Liverpool? Honestly, if I had a choice, I'd rather live in Liverpool. I'll just say it right now. But I live in North Carolina, so maybe I'm just not super impressed by L.A. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for if you know your history, the Everton-based quiz segment that pits. Paul against James in a cage match of Toffee's wit and might. Wow, my spiel. Practicing four hours a day is paying off. All right, so here we go, guys. This is a starting 11 quiz. If you've been hiding under a rock for some reason, I just question your choice of home. That's just stupid. Uh, but here's the way it's going to work. They have to, they have to, I give them a, a match from the past, from Everton's past, and they have to tell me, who started, and who uh, who subbed in, all right? I don't care. You just tell me a player's name, and I'll tell you uh, whether he came in or not. So the first player to, uh, the first person to get one wrong, uh, if the other person matches it, they, uh, yeah, it's basically it's a loss. It's a little bit like, you know, you take turns, okay? That's the way it'll work, all right? Um, uh, we're going to, I actually have a real fake coin in my hand. That is the heads. That is the tails. It's got... Uh, Martin Sheen on it. That's cool. actually a joke from the movie Goonies. It's actually President Kennedy. But who's keeping up with my Goonies references? <gasps> All right, so we're going to let James call it first because, again, even though Paul's it's been a while, this is his first time. So, James, call it, if you will. Eds. He said, I got to reflip it. Damn it. <laughs> I dropped it, and it's only fair. All right, and call it again. Heads. I missed it again. One more time. <laughs> this is the worst coin flipping I've ever done. Well, it's plastic. All right. Heads, heads again. He says heads. It is heads. Ooh. So, would you like to go first or second, James? Uh, I'll go first. All right. James is leading off. Paul, you will be responding. Uh begin intense quiz music and there it is we're imagining we can hear it right now ramping up there it is great all right so gentlemen the match you are concerning yourself with 25th of october 2007 uefa cup everton three larissa one all right so Start giving me some starters and players, guys. James, what do you got? Tim Howard. Tim Howard. First name off the list. That is a, that is a hit. This is like Battleship. That's a hit. All right. Paul, what do you got? Leon Osman. Leon Osman, that is a hit. That is true. He started. Well done, guys. You weren't one and done. Congrats. You made it through one round. James. Tim Cahill. Tim Cahill. That is correct. 
Paul. That's what I need to be. He subbed in. He subbed in in the 65th minute. What do you got, James? Thomas Gravison. Thomas Gravison is it? He subbed in as well, at the exact same time as Anichibi did. So well done, guys. Paul. When, when was the date? 2007. 2007, October 25th, 25th of October, whatever you want. Call. Death. Tony Hibbert. Tony Hibbert started. Yeah. I'm assuming it started. He started striker, right? It's yeah, the scores what he wants. <laughs> All right, James, what do you got? Leighton Baines. Leighton Baines also started. Guys, you're doing well. Good job. Paul, what's up? Film Jagielka. That is a miss. He was on the bench, but did not start mm. or play. So, technically, that gives the win to James. All right? Technically. But let's keep naming people because, yes, because there's other names. I'm curious to see what else you guys got. So, just know that James is one, and you can you can ease the tension, baby. Just ease the tension, baby. All right, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I, I quoted Chubbs from uh, Happy Gilmore just Happy then, Gilmore. So. Yeah. <laughs> James, what do you got? Seeing as Jags wasn't in, is Joseph Yobo in? Yes, he was. Yeah, he was going to be my next one. Um, again, I don't know if this guy was on the bench or whether he got on. James Vaughn? Neither. Neither? Neither. Probably injured. Yeah, I'm probably didn't get one of me. Another name? Arteta. No one said Arteta yet. He started. Yes. What do you got, Paul? Um, I'm not sure if he was here by this point. Simon Davis? I don't remember him. Yeah. No. He no, was, wasn't here very long. He uh, might have gone. Like Any others, guys? Oh, yeah, uh, I've got, I've got Carsley. Carsley did start, yes. Stick with the people with no hair. What about Andy Johnson? Yeah, no. going to be another one. Oh. Nope, not even on the bench. Oh. Yakubu? Yakubu was on the bench, but he did not play. Who else was striker? James McFadden. Yes. Oh, remember him. Remember him? Yes, he was another. He was another one who I thought got knocked off the ball too easily. He was, a, he was a player who, you know, I, I, you took one look of him in, in his first pre-season, you thought, yeah, that, that guy's going to do a lot of him. And then, it, oh, other than a volley against Charlton, he was just, wasn't even, like, relegation level, was he? Like, relegation team side level. So he, si- t- he signed them again. <laughs> I know, when we were so away. he signed them twice. That was probably the most depressed I've ever been with an Evertonian, you know. I remember that. It was it 2011? Like, yeah, looking back. Yeah, him, him and Marcus Hanneman on a free. Hanneman yeah, was the other one for the there, American. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I know that one. Hanneman was like was an okay goalie, but at, at that point, he, he had no use, really. He did he did okay for Wolves and Reading for a while, Hanneman, but he was like 40 by that point. 
So, you got two more starters left and one more sub left. And these Carlo, these are two popular names. Was Carlo Nash the reserve goalie? No. No. Who else did we have? Pina. Yes. That was one. Oh my god. That was a that was one of the popular names, like big names. Uh, and there's another big name who started as well. In terms of, you know, people know what position was he? Center back. Let's go. Yep. I wouldn't say he's popular. I, you know, no, that's not what I meant. I meant popular in terms of people know who he is. Well, like, well no, throughout yeah. the league. Yeah. He's not popular in my house no. anyway. Not where I'm no. sitting. I don't know if he should be. <laughs> <laughs> That's stretching the meaning of the word popular is what I was doing. <laughs> um, so there's one more sub who came in for Pinar okay. in in the uh, 87th minute. Begins with was it? An, oh, was it? Was it? Was it like a young kid? Was it maybe Jose Baxter? Baxter no. or someone? Yeah. This uh, I I think this player may not. I don't believe this player was a young kid at the time. I believe he's a. If this is the same one, I believe he's a manager now. Ooh. It's the same one I'm thinking of. Nuno Valente? Nuno Valente. Nuno Valente <laughs> was on the bench. I like the good minds, think I like. <laughs> really? Um, Hold on. Th- Phil Neville? No. No. It's like the only name from that sort of team that I haven't reeled off yet. Uh, um... I'm surprised. Starts with an S. S. I try not to remember that that cup run because that was a cup run we really should have run out to win, and then we went out in farcical circumstances. Which one was that? The 2007 cup run. Was this? That Fiorentina. Yeah, that was the year we really should have won it. We should have. St. Petersburg. We beat them and then they went on to win. Yeah, we beat them twice. We beat them twice in the group stage and they went on to win. Yeah, because Fiorentina beat us. Rangers beat Fiorentina and Zenit beat Rangers. That was unbelievable. So, S. What position is he, Jerry? Well, he came in. He came in for Pinar in the 87th minute, but I'm. This is a really tough Segundo Castillo. No. S T. Country is he from? I believe. Not gonna get. Okay, yeah. Here's the thing. I did like no research, but I believe he's either he's Great Britain. I mean, he's a British player. I believe. Yeah, that's that. Well, I'm not completely sure because I only know the name and I never watched him play. Do you want me to just tell you? I'm, I'm, yeah, talking, like, I'm going back to like Trevor Steven and everything now. Oh. Stubbs. Oh, yeah. Oh, Stubbs. I thought, oh, yeah, I thought Stubbs was gone. I thought Stubbs had stopped playing by that point. No, I just, I just find it mad. I, know, I think he was still there, but I just recall it doesn't make sense how on Stubbs coming on as a centre-back for Pina. Was it just sh- to defend it? Well, I think he was. It was 87th minute. I'm assuming he was coming in to just hold on to the lead. Yeah, yes. just give him a fair. Oh, yeah, and then Vic scored in the last minute or something, didn't he? To make it three-one. Mm. So, that's that's everybody. If you remember back in the 90s, we figured out James won this this round. 
So, uh, James, congratulations, you have won. Uh, so it, your, your reward is to pick the song that you want us to play out to on the podcast. So what song do you want us to go out to? Ooh. Can I... Ooh. That's a, that's a very... That's a, that's a more difficult question than the quiz. <laughs> Ooh. Are you worried it's going to say a lot about your personality? It's okay. <laughs> oh, well, if it, was, if it was going to say a lot about my personality... <laughs> No, it's really it's really up to you, man. It's it could be something you think is goofy, funny, something you think is kick ass. It's it's up to you, man. That'll do me. I think we'll finish with Rosella. Everybody's free to feel good. Rosella, everybody's free to feel good. There's a there's a banger for you. So I'm I'm about to tip my hand as to how completely untapped in I am in, into anything is that song old or new have I have I ever heard it before uh, serious question you, I don't know whether it was a song that made it over to the states uh-huh it was a it's, it's a sort of clubby sort of dance song okay and it's from the 1990s so well that is when I was you know that's when Partying. I yeah Partying yeah hard. so it's very probable I have heard this track I'm gonna have to go back and listen to it um, has it appeared in yeah. has it appeared in a, in a movie before because that's usually how I figure everything out uh, no it's the only thing it's appeared in is TV ads but that's in the UK again so interesting yeah, again Paul do you it, know it just this seems not off the top of my head ah cool Whoa. so we're discovering new stuff I love it this is good. This is good. See, I've, I've, I've put you onto new songs. I've put you onto wacky new stadiums in the middle of nowhere. Yes, a new ringtone. I broke some ground on my. I broke some ground on my first show. <laughs> Made the announcement sound like he wasn't a rubbish footballer. <laughs> that's, a, that, that's also quite impressive, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, I, I like this. Has turned into almost like a "What do we learn today from Jerry Springer?" At the end of this, it's very. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Man, there's just, there's just, there's just nobody throwing chairs just yet. <laughs> Not yet. Give it time. Uh, so, anyway, as we are as we are closing out, to, oh, really quick, I I like to ask this if it's a song I've never heard before. What kind of scene in like a show or a movie, if it was on the soundtrack, what will be happening? Ooh, it sounds very cheesy, but for some reason I don't know why it popped into my head. It's I feel like it's some sort of like high school musical or kids jumping up on a table it, having a sort of school disco-y sort of feel to it. Though to be honest, the real the real sort of vibe of the song is supposed to be like it's like an old school club song and just people be off their heads on God knows what sort of drug. Okay, so those are so, two very different scenarios. Uh, but, th- it, but that well, can it, work. It, depend- <laughs> it, 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 it depends. Uh, is it, who's it being peddled by, Disney or Quentin Tarantino? Nice. I like it. I like it very much. All right. So as we're closing out to Rosella, everybody's free to feel good, which apparently can mean a few things. Uh, It's time to end the Toffee Blues podcast. If you've been listening, we really appreciate it. Uh, If you haven't subscribed, we'd just say, please do, because it puts it in some sort of feed fashion where you know whether or not we dropped a new podcast. 
with with these guys' voices on it. All right. Uh, if you if you haven't if you were th- sitting there thinking, you know what, I want to see what these guys look like. I bet Paul has a beard down to his knees, and I just I just imagine uh, James with braids. So. Look at our YouTube channel. You can see what they look like for real. No one cares what I look like, but these guys are just awesome. All right? So check that out. Trust me, it'll be worth your while. Uh, if you want more Paul, we all want more Paul. All right? Uh, remember, talk to Twitter me. certainly wants more Paul. Twitter wants more Paul. It really does. Check Give him a little bit of love on the Twitter. Uh, also, check out anything he's doing on the Toffee Blues website. And make sure if you encounter him in real life, boxing and Skittles, not necessarily in that order, preferably simultane- simultaneously. And, uh, yeah, check out uh, James on Twitter as well. He'll, uh, you know, he will, he will engage with you as well. And uh, he appreciates the occasional pat on the back to uh, dislodge any kind of steak pie. Um, okay. Sausage roll. Yes. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's it, guys. Thanks so much. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, one more thing. Toffee Blues website. Check that out. All things Everton. Follow the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. That's it, and uh, we're rolling out. Thanks so much. Paul, much love. Good to see you. You got to say something. I was going to get to podcast, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good to, see, good to speak to you too, Jerry. Hopefully we speak again soon. We don't leave it as long as we've left the Yeah, I know, man. Good luck with you. Yeah, and you were great on American Toffee Blues. You're great in general, and good luck with coaching Tanner's. Thank you, man. He's got curly hair just like yours, man. It's crazy. I just noticed. Yeah, <laughs> right on, man. James, thanks so much. Good to actually meet you, bud. It's fantastic to meet you as well, mate. It's been a really good show as well. Really enjoyed myself and get yourself over to the UK soon and they'll get you a steak pie and maybe a pint of beer as well. We're so working on that. Oh, so good. Absolutely. (laughs) All right, guys. Much love. Thanks so much. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, talk to you later on. Everybody out there, have a good week. Bye.